Hello, this is Jake Leahy reading the Supreme Court decision syllabus in Lake Du Flambeau, Band of Lake Superior Chippewa Indians versus Coughlin. Certiorari to the United States Court of Appeals for the First Circuit. Decided on June 15th, 2023. Petitioner, Lake Du Flambeau, Band of Lake Superior Chippewa Indians, the band, is a federally recognized Indian tribe. One of the band's businesses, Len Green, extended respondent Brian Coughlin a payday loan. Shortly after receiving the loan, Coughlin filed for Chapter 13 bankruptcy, triggering an automatic stay under the bankruptcy code against further collection efforts by his creditors. But Len Green allegedly continued attempting to collect Coughlin's debt. Coughlin filed a motion in bankruptcy court to enforce the automatic stay and recover damages. The bankruptcy court dismissed the suit on tribal sovereign immunity grounds. The First Circuit reversed, concluding that the code unequivocally strips tribes of their immunity. Held. The bankruptcy code unambiguously abrogates the sovereign immunity of all governments, including federally recognized Indian tribes. A. Two provisions of the bankruptcy code lie at the heart of this case. The first... 11 U.S.C. Section 106A expressly abrogates the sovereign immunity of governmental units for enumerated purposes. The second, Section 10127, defines governmental unit as United States, state, commonwealth, district, territory, municipality, foreign state, department, agency, or instrumentality of the United States, continued, a state, a commonwealth, a district, a territory, a municipality, or a foreign state or other foreign or domestic government. In order for these provisions to abrogate tribal sovereign immunity, Congress must have made its intent unmistakably clear in the language of the statute. Financial Oversight and Management Board for Puerto Rico versus Central de Periodismo Investigativo, Inc., if the statute can plausibly be read to preserve sovereign immunity, Congress has not un- unambiguously expressed the requisite intent, FAA versus Cooper. But Congress need not use any particular words to pass this clear statement test. B. The bankruptcy code unequivocally abrogates the sovereign immunity of any and every government with the power to assert such immunity. Because federally recognized tribes unquestionably fit that description, the code's abrogation provision plainly applies to them as well. 1. Several features of the statute's text and structure point this way. To start, the definition of governmental unit exudes comprehensiveness. It begins with a long list of governments, varying in location, nature, and size. It then proceeds to capture subdivisions and components of every government in that list. And it concludes with a broad catch-all phrase, sweeping in other foreign or or domestic governments. Section 101.27 Moreover, the catch-all phrase's pairing of extremes, i.e. foreign or domestic, appearing at the end of an extensive list of unambiguous... uh, List unambiguously indicates Congress's intent to cover all government and sec- governments in Section 10127's definition. 
the abrogation provision in Section 106A in turn applies to every governmental unit in Section 101.27. It does not cherry-pick certain types of governments from that capacious list. Two, other provisions of the Bankruptcy Code reinforce Section 106A and Section 101.27's plain text. To facilitate an orderly and centralized debt resolution process, citing Collier on bankruptcy, the code includes a number of requirements, like the automatic stay provision, that generally apply to all creditors. These basic requirements can be enforced against all kinds of creditors, whether the creditor is a governmental unit or not. At the same time, the code contains limited exceptions to avoid impeding the functioning of governmental entities when they act as creditors. Reading the statute to carve out certain governments from the definition of governmental unit, as petitioners would have the court do, risks appending the policy choices that the code embodies, and there is no indication that Congress meant to categorically exclude certain governments from these provisions as enforcement mechanisms and exceptions. 3. Federally recognized tribes are indisputably governments. They exercise uniquely governmental functions, and both Congress and this court have repeatedly characterized them as governments. Accordingly, because the Bankruptcy Code unequivocally abrogates the sovereign immunity of all governments, the tribes undoubtedly count as governments. The Code unmistakably abrogates tribal sovereign immunity. C. Petitioners fail to sow doubt into these clear statutory provisions. 1. Petitioners insist that neither Section 101.27 nor Section 106A mentions tribes by name. But Congress need not use any particular words to make its abrogation intent clear. See Cooper. And the fact that Congress has referenced tribes specifically in other statutes abrogating tribal sovereign immunity does not foreclose it from using different language to accomplish that same goal in other statutory contexts. 2. Petitioners also contend that the catch-all phrase, other foreign or domestic government, can plausibly be read to include only entities that are purely foreign or purely domestic. In petitioners' view, The catch-all phrase would thus exclude tribes or other governments that have foreign and domestic features. But Congress has expressly instructed that the word or, as used in the code, is not exclusive. See section 102.5. In any event, petitioners do not explain why the bankruptcy code would draw such a line in the sand. Finally, petitioners suggest that Congress has historically treated various types of governments differently. Sorry. Finally, petitioners suggest that Congress has historically treated various types of governments differently for purposes of bankruptcy law, relying on provisions preceding the bankruptcy code's enactment. Yet petitioners fail to demonstrate that the code, which comprehensively revised bankruptcy practice, carried forward any such differential treatment. Affirmed. Justice Jackson delivered the opinion of the court in which Roberts, Alito, Sotomayor, Kagan, Kavanaugh, and Barrett joined. Thomas filed an opinion concurring in the judgment. Justice Gorsuch filed a dissenting opinion. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe, uh, leave a review, uh, 
rate it would be great. Uh, and if you have any thoughts, uh, feel free to email the podcast at scotusdecisions at gmail.com. Any thoughts on whether we should read repeated cases cited, you know, anything like that, always happy to receive input from the listeners. So thanks again for listening and have a great one.